Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Climate Conversations, your home for insightful and fun conversations on climate change in the agriculture sector. I'm your host, Helen Viseda, the editor Smart Harvest, the Agribees Pullout in the Standard on Saturday. Joining me on this discussion is our guest, Njoki Thuo, who is a Farm Kenya project lead at the Standard Media Group. She's a trained agronomist and she's passionate about climate change. Last week we discussed about climate change and it was basically introductory telling our audience what climate change is and the impact on agriculture and why agriculture is nowadays not uh, done as it uh, was before. And uh, towards the end of the show we had started talking about climate smart agriculture which is now basically the solution to help us cope in this new world of climate change. So Njoki, all the government institutions that deal with agriculture and uh, the NGOs have this word called climate smart agriculture and mm-hmm. it is now what is being rooted as a solution for agriculture. For our audience at home, what is climate smart agriculture? Thank you, Helen. Climate smart agriculture is a practice in the agricultural sector that helps farmers practice uh, agriculture in ways that are adaptable to the climate change effects. If you look at all the livelihood aspects that are affected by climate change, agriculture is the one that is mostly affected by climate change. This is because we've seen negative effects already being felt like increasing temperatures, weather changes and uh, weather variability where we cannot predict the weather patterns, shifting agri- agroecosystem boundaries for example where we see droughts are now becoming uh, extensive and in eating into the arable lands that we have invasive crops, invasive weeds, invasive invasive pests and even diseases and even extreme weather events like floods and droughts. So, for agriculture to be able to um withstand all these changes, we need to practice climate smart agriculture. And the main objectives of um climate smart agriculture is one to increase productivity uh where we aim at equipping farmers to produce more and safer and nutritious food for of course our food and nutrition security and also build resilience in our agricultural food systems for example instead of uh, just depending on one crop or one animal we can grow more mm-hmm. we can grow a variety diversity diversify yes mm-hmm. and of course reducing the emission you remember mm-hmm. last week we talked about 25% as the global gas emission that is attributed to agriculture so that is climate smart agriculture at a snapshot mm-hmm. at a broader level yes okay there are a number of measures that are termed as climate smart agriculture there's minimum tillage, there's agroecology, and all these other. 
If we can start with agroecology, because it has been touted by most of uh, the, 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 the NGOs and organizations that are dealing with agriculture as one of the ways that farmers can farm in a way that is sustainable to build the resilience of uh, farmers and to also produce in an environmentally friendly way. Kindly take us through what is agroecology. Agroecology uh, is a sustainable way of farming where we recommend farmers that take up ecological agriculture practices and mainly these ecological agriculture practices refer to use of non-invasive inputs for the environment. For example, if you're looking at uh, crop nutrition, you consider organic crop nutrition inputs over chemical ones like uh, compound or other chemical fertilizers. So that goes to say that when we want to practice agroecology or ecological agriculture, we practice basically um, practices that will sustain the health of the environment or health of the farm per se. When it comes to livestock, you adopt rearing practices that, that enhance uh, livestock health over productivity. So that way, farmers will have a balance of production and the effects that these production activities have on the environment. Uh, basically, in one sentence, we encourage farmers to minimize use of agrochemicals and pollution or pollutants, enhance crop diversity, not just growing the same crop on the same land over and over again. You can grow, you can practice crop rotation, uh, or mixed farming, intercropping, whatever the farmer wants, and also um, taking care of your soil for it to be more productive because soil is the basis of all agricultural practices, whether you're growing crops or rearing animals. That's agroecology. Oh, thank you, Njoki. I'll take you back a bit and we just break it down in a way that uh, the farmers can understand. Uh, you mentioned last week that one of the impacts of climate change is that we are also having an incident of super weeds, weeds which are abnormal, weeds which are uh, more aggressive as opposed to the normal weeds that we know. And uh, one of the challenges that we are facing even now is that farmers are using excess pesticide, excess herbicides because of this new challenge of climate change. Yes. So with this um, new strategy that is being fronted, climate smart agriculture, how can farmers control these super weeds in a sustainable way that does not even further worsen the problem of climate change? Okay, thank you. I'll start off by actually giving examples that we've seen in the country. Uh, for example, if you go to Kajiado, you're going to see uh, a very flowery plant growing all over. It's actually um, it's called morning glory. It's a, a, a weed that is affecting the pastures. So you can see how climate change is affecting pastoralists in the county that is Kajiado County. Uh, if you look around, at least in Nairobi, you've seen a particular yellow string-like plant mm -hmm. growing on hedges. That's actually a very dangerous weed. It's a parasitic weed, meaning it grows on top of your crop. If that weed affects your tea bushes or coffee bushes, it actually destroys your entire tea plantation or whatever it is. So with this as examples of new parasitic weeds that we are seeing, 
and the yellow one is actually called devil's hair or the cascuta species. So with this kind of new weeds that we are seeing, uh, farmers need now to diversify and grow crops that do not act as hosts of this particular species. The challenge that we experience is uh, these super weeds actually have a number of hosts that uh, it can live and feed off from. So what we need to do is, as farmers, one, practice communal control of these weeds because if I uh, control the, for example, devil's hair on my farm and my neighbor does not, that means... If a bird chews on it and then the bird lands on my farm, whatever droppings it's going to have or whatever pollen it has carried will move over to my farm. Whatever seeds it may have carried from uh, eating in my neighbor's farm. Then the other one would be to um, actually, now not for farmers, but county government since agriculture is devolved, would be for the county governments to equip farmers. For example, there's a practice I see happening in places where they grow wheat, rice, and major cereals in large numbers. Whenever we have a major disease like rusts, um, we see planes spraying on the crops and of course some, sometimes it's individual and private farms doing so but in most occasions it could be a county government activity. Uh, for example if you just go here in Kirinyaga whenever we have uh, birds affecting the rice the county government steps in. Um, another way would be for farmers to adopt um, practices that increase production uh, like use of um, uh, resistant varieties uh, that is you start with resistant seeds or planting material uh, then you use um, practices like irrigation that will ensure that the plant is strong you ensure that that plant has proper nutrition that way it's able to fight against the pest or against the weed just like human beings if you're healthy and if your immunity is strong you're able to fight off the diseases that that uh, want to affect you um you've just touched on a point that i wanted to highlight and so that you can buttress mm -hmm. the importance of using strategies like irrigation and uh, drought resistant crops and fast maturing crops given that rainfall patterns nowadays are not steady and you cannot plan on it. Yeah. So there's that importance of using those strategies, but you've already mentioned it. I will take you to a point that I want you to buttress. Mm -hmm. Still on agroecology, mm -hmm. the importance of integrating your crop produce and forests. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about the importance of, instead of farmers, like now the problem of Mao, the farmers have an issue because they are being told to leave the forest and they need to farm crops for their food security. So how can farmers do uh, the importance of farmers growing crops and uh, having trees, fruit trees and even the normal trees? We call it agroforestry mm -hmm. and it's very important because it not only diversifies whatever the farmers are growing on their farms, but it actually tackles climate change head on because what forests or trees do is they capture the carbon that is in the atmosphere. Remember, what we talked about climate change is the changes in 
the atmosphere or the weather patterns and one of them is having too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere whenever you plant a tree in our basic primary school science we were told that plants breathe in or take in oxygen uh, sorry carbon dioxide and give us oxygen so what is happening is we have too much carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases but carbon dioxide is the main one uh, it's too much than the crops or the plants can take in. So by practicing agroforestry, we are increasing, number one, our forest cover. And what we do is whenever we increase our forest cover, the carbon that was now in the atmosphere is drawn in by the plants and stored by the plants in form of wood, fruits or nuts or whatever it is, or even leaves and the roots is uh, we call it carbon sequestration or rather storing carbon in uh, organic plant matter. When that tree dies, it does not immediately release the carbon unless we use it for firewood and charcoal. Mm -hmm. That's when it will immediately release the carbon. If we use it for building, the same wood that is made up of carbon will stay on that building for as long as it stays there. So we are still capturing the carbon that was in the air. If we use it for maybe organic manure, it still stays in the soil. So the idea of agroforestry is not only to increase the diversity of the crops that we have, but also to uh, capture the carbon uh, dioxide that is in the air. Another advantage for farmers to incorporate trees in their farm is the obvious ones where it controls soil erosion, uh, wind, it, uh, the trees act as a windbreak. For example, if you have um, a maize field and on the fence you have uh, strong trees, whenever you have strong winds, the trees will act as windbreaks. They also offer shade to other crops and as well as act as host plants mm -hmm. for beneficial organisms in the farm. Yeah. Joki, I'll throw in the depend a bit. I know you're an agrono agronomist, but I want us also to touch a bit on livestock production because okay. livestock production has been shown to be the biggest contributor of the percentage that agriculture is contributing to greenhouse gas emissions because of the way dairy farming is done. When we take our focus now on dairy farmers, how can they do their farming in a sustainable way so that they are producing the milk that they are producing on their farms, but at the same time, they are limiting their greenhouse contribution. Wow, thank you. So there's something we call enteric gas that comes from livestock. That mm -hmm. is actually the methane uh, that comes from the dung. We actually use it for biogas mm -hmm. in the country. So that's actually one of the ways of practicing climate smart mm. livestock farming mm. where we capture that methane uh, and use it for other purposes like um, cooking and stuff. Then um, directly we can also control the manure that we uh, that is a byproduct or a waste product of this uh, dairy production. We can use it to make biogas actually just like I said uh, and after it has emitted the methane that it would have, we now need to go an extra step and utilize that manure and incorporate it into the soil rather than leaving it out there in the open because what happens is it continues to break down into uh, 
the different gases that we do not want. Livestock farmers also need to adopt proper land use or sustainable land use of the land where they are rearing the animals to ensure that one, they do not overgraze and that the animals are kept in um, a more humane way because again, agroecology includes human health, animal health or livestock health as well as environmental health. Then lastly, for livestock farmers, we need to use our feeds efficiently. That means because you see the feed that animals consume is manufactured mm -hmm. and we need to reduce the carbon footprint of these feeds. So if you can make feeds in your own uh, farm, it's even way better because then you'll be reducing the carbon footprint mm -hmm. and as well as ensuring that you use the feed uh, appropriately because if you do not then that means whatever resources uh, were used to make whatever amount of animal feed you've wasted you're actually contributing to climate change. Thank you very much Joki. I think that was very elaborate and straightforward for our crop and livestock farmers. We have learned uh, ways that we can do agriculture in a sustainable way in a way that we are reducing greenhouse gas emissions and even our carbon footprints. So as we wrap up the show, kindly, what is your parting shot? I'd like to tell our listeners that um, they can educate themselves and equip themselves uh, to practice climate smart agriculture by visiting Farm Kenya's website and interacting with our different platforms like the Smart Harvests and Technology Pullout and the Saturday Standard. Apart from that, I'll tell them to adopt different climate smart activities that will equip their farms to practice better agriculture because there are so many opportunities available around climate change and agriculture. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much, Njoki, for coming on board. And thank you very much, our dear listener, for tuning in. Kindly tune in next week for a more rich discussion on climate change. Thank you. Mkono wambao, unalima ardhi Mlango wankulima, kuwa mshindi Kuwa na wapika sasa, kuulea Staka bali wabadae Tufanye kazi pamoja, na tukue pamoja Kuimarisha Kenya, nijuku Farm Kenya Initiative, working to secure your growth. Farm Kenya Initiative, working to secure your growth.